ready for the word? Amen. We've got a good, good word tonight. Amen. And um, we'll start tonight with a word of prayer. But I want you to turn to Second Corinthians chapter eight. And we're going to talk about um, grace to prosper, grace to prosper. And um, we'll start in Second Corinthians chapter eight. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you and we, we just dedicate the service to you. We thank you for the worship that's always been so good. And we thank you for the uh, the time that we can spend together in your presence. We pray for each one that's listening, that they will have ears to hear what the Spirit of God's saying, that their minds will be open and their hearts will be receptive, that they'll be changed tonight in some way by your Spirit so that they can have the knowledge of your will in their life more clearly and that they can see what you desire for them to walk in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, grace to prosper. I think this is just such an awesome subject. And um, maybe not all the time so popular. But I tell you, um, you know, the Bible says, preach the word in season and out of season. And um, you might think that that means, well, you know, um, when, you know, if you're just called up, all of a sudden you can preach, which I, you, you can. Amen. Um, but also, I think that that means that uh, some things, you know, they they're in style and then they're out of style. <laughs> and so when when different messages come around, sometimes it's not so popular to to preach on them. But the Bible tells us to preach no matter what. You preach the truth no matter what. Amen. Whether it's in style or out of style. And um, I was I got tickled because I, I preached on speaking in tongues the other day and got some backlash <laughs> from it. And I thought, well, maybe it's not the most popular subject right now. Maybe it's not in style, but it's the truth of God's word. Amen. And it will set you free. Praise God. So and I think that the devil hates power sermons like speaking in tongues, you know, because Acts 1 8 says it is the power of God. Amen. And uh, so let's just stomp on him and make him mad again tonight with a prosperity sermon. How about that? Amen. Let's just be as controversial as possible (laughs) and preach the word when it's in and when it's out. Praise God. All right. So this is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I'm going to read some in the Amplified uh, just because sometimes the King James is a little harder to understand. For instance, read the first sentence says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Well, to wit, do you ever use that every day in your daily language? I don't think so. So we're going to read some of it, like I said, from the Amplified. This is the new Amplified version. It says, now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you about the grace of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, awakening in them a longing to contribute. Isn't that wild? The grace of God is awakening them to want and and they're longing to contribute. That's interesting how the grace of God would do that. The grace of God is so powerful and it's so much more to it than what I think we've realized in the past. There's a lot of definitions, you know, that's been thrown out, which I, I love them all because they're good. They're 
so powerful. One of them I know uh, says that grace is God's willingness to use his power on your behalf. You know, that's so neat because that shows his mercy, you know, and the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help. They run hand in hand, mercy and grace. It's beautiful how he does that. And uh, it just shows you how much he loves us. So he wants us uh, to feel his mercy and to feel his grace. And it's uh, it's so constant in our lives because of Jesus Christ. Because of our Lord. Amen. So there's a grace here that was upon the churches. There was a grace bestowed. What does that word bestowed mean? It means to put in or to place, to give, um, to, to deposit. There was a grace deposited in these churches in Macedonia. Um, there was a church given like a present to them. And so um, we're going to see how all that happened. But God has chosen to give us grace and different kinds of grace. And this grace is actually the grace to prosper. Now, the churches in Macedonia had been through a rough time. You know, they uh, the ones that he mentions in the Bible, of course, uh, the church at Philippi, Thessalonica and the Berean church. So. um They had uh, all the churches, you know, had been persecuted pretty heavily, but they are receiving an offering here to take to Jerusalem for the relief of the churches there that had been persecuted. So here he goes and look at verse two, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto their riches of liberality. Now, again, let's read this out of the Amplified. For during an ordeal of severe distress, their abundant joy and their deep poverty together overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. (laughs) So here they were in deep poverty. I don't know what that looks like, deep poverty. Maybe that's debt. You know, if you're below just poverty, you're deep poverty. You know, you're in trouble. But grace was bestowed upon them, (laughs) and they didn't care about their deep poverty. They didn't care about what was going on in their situation, their circumstance. They had joy, and they were ready to give. Isn't that interesting? I mean, I think about the widow woman we just read about. She was pretty close to deep poverty, don't you think? And yet, she was asked to give and uh, by the Lord. You know, the Lord told told them the plan. And so, um, I, you know, I've heard through the years, you know, you hear things when you preach on prosperity. Like, I don't know how people could preach in India and receive an offering because they're so poor and they're so, you know. But if you don't teach people these principles of the word, it's very difficult for them to get in into the joy and the grace <laughs> that God has bestowed and to see what God can do in their lives. And and yet we've seen very poor nations uh prosper greatly in these ch- in their churches. You know, I think about some churches in Nigeria that have just done tremendously well financially because they have taught the word of God unashamedly. <laughs> And, uh, you know, some people would think extreme. I don't think it's extreme. I think it's just right here in the word. Amen. Read it 
and and be full of joy instead of read it and weep, right? And uh, so anyway, we go on here, and it says that uh, they these this, these churches were bestowed with this grace. They longed to give, and they uh, did even in their state that they were in. And I think that's such a principle we have to remember because prosperity doesn't mean you have ten million dollars in the bank. Amen. It and now that that's wonderful praise god for that i am not against that and we you know we want everybody you know if we had 14 people in our church and they were all millionaires think about what we could do amen so uh you know praise god for that however um really i think prosperity is realizing abundance is yours already and you can tap into whatever you need whenever you need it and have it provided now that's real. That's that's so. Uh, I think if we can if we can really get that concept and see that and know that um, that we do have a heavenly bank account that the IRS does not get into. Amen. The Bible says it like this: rust and uh, malls don't break through, and thieves don't break through and steal. There's not a bank charging interest on all that, but it is re- it is readily available for us. Jesus had whatever he needed whenever he needed it, and and there was a thief as his accountant, as his treasure, stealing from him, and he still had everything he needed all the time. Um, you know, he needed a, a ride into Jerusalem. Well, go get that donkey. And, okay. And there he has his transportation. Amen. I mean, he needed uh, tax money. Peter, go fish. And okay, well, there's the coin and pay the tax. Amen. Um, anything that he had needed of, whether it was feeding 5,000 people, or um, giving to the poor, they were constantly giving, and uh, every everything he had was supplied constantly. Now that's grace to prosper, isn't it? Um, so um, even up till his death, when he you know died, they said, "Well, you're going to have to borrow this tomb," but he didn't need to buy a tomb because he didn't need it for long, right? Three days and you're gone. Amen. Um, I love that about the Lord. And I think that we can glean. And here it says that grace that was upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So this grace, uh, we really need to open up our hearts and receive <laughs> and, and even declare that we are full of the grace of God to prosper. We are full of the grace. We have everything we need at every turn in life. And Paul well, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but Paul, I'll just say this. Paul said, said it this way. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Well, why did he know? Why would he even say abased? Why would he even say, I know how to suffer lack? Why would he? That's not a good confession. Well, he wasn't looking at the natural realm. You know, he said, in whatever situation I'm in, I'm content. The grace of God was upon him. Amen. 
he had everything he needed when he needed it. When he needed to to go to Rome and preach to the, they, they transported him over there. You know, he had everything he needed when he needed it, and um, he was telling us about this grace, and he's telling us uh, his the church at Corinth about it. And he saw it in manifestation in the churches of Macedonia, and he's encouraging them. Amen. He said, abound in this same grace. So I believe we're talking to Grace Harvest Church, but we're abounding in this grace also. Amen. Praise God. And uh, we don't turn up our nose at this message. We embrace it because it's uh, a part of what Jesus died and paid for. And let's read on. It says, Let's just, we don't want to read all this, because, but I encourage you to read the whole chapter. But let's look at verse 9. For you know the grace. <clears throat> let's see. I want to read verse 7 first because I want you to, I just quoted this, but I want you to see it in the word. Verse 7. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, and knowledge, all those things, he said, abound in these things. And in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Don't ignore this grace. Don't skip over it and say, well, I don't really need anything. We've got our our little house and our little car and our little grill in the back. And, and you know, we don't need anything but that. That's all we need. But see how selfish that is. Because there are people that need, um, you know, a lot of things. And um, you can be a blessing to others. You know, you can live in your house and have your grill. I don't, you don't have to live in a mansion if you don't want to. It's a lot of upkeep in a mansion, you know. And some people don't want to live like that. But believe for this prosperity so that you can be a blessing. Because I'm telling you, the word says all kinds of things about how we're to give. And it's... Not playing around. I mean, you're, you're supposed to tithe. You're supposed to sow seed. You're supposed to, you know, give to everybody that asks. You're supposed to give, have something for your children's children and inheritance for your children's children. And I mean, it's just constantly, you know, saying what we're supposed to be doing and with our finances. And so, um, I think he's pretty serious about this kind of grace. And so let's read verse nine. For, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. There it is. The rich word, the four letter rich word. Amen. In the Amplified, it says abundantly blessed so that you by through his poverty you might become rich, abundantly blessed. That's God's will for you is to be rich. Accept it. That's the first step. <laughs> if you want to have some steps here, is accept what the Lord Jesus has said about what what he wants in your life. He doesn't want poverty. He wants you to be made rich. Hallelujah. Well, I just can't see myself being rich. Well, just keep saying it. I'm rich. 
I'm rich. Amen. I'm rich because of the grace of God upon my life. And just see how he leads and guides you in that. I'm just saying be open to it. Amen. Because he's saying, uh, for your sakes, he did this. For your sakes, he became poor. For your sakes. Now, when did he become poor? Not when he came to the earth. I mean, you know, I think his dad was pretty well off. And then, you know, they went down to Bethlehem. And, oh, well, he was born in a lowly manger. Because there was no vacancies. They went to the hotel first. And there was no room. Now, I know we used to have a motel. When there's no room, you're out of luck. You know, there's no place for you to stay. Amen? And um, evidently, he had money to pay for it, or they wouldn't have gone to the end first. Well, he had to be born in a manger, in a, in you know, in a barn area. But it wasn't because they didn't have money. Secondly, if they were out of money by then... The kings come up there and open up their treasures. Amen. We don't know how many kings there were. They they mentioned three different gifts, but one of them was gold. And I don't think it was like a nugget. Here's a little nugget for you, Jesus. No, I don't think that was the case at all. I don't think they would make that trip to come and worship with a little gold nugget. And and sometimes we get our little children in these plays and we get that in our mind. Open up your little frankincense, you know, and their little myrrh and then there you go. But I don't think it was like that. Amen. I think that it was a lot more powerful than that. It financed their trip to uh, Egypt to save him. Amen. So we see that grace was upon him. All of his life for prosperity, when did he become poor? He became poor on the cross. That's when he bore our poverty. The same time he bore our uh, spiritual uh, rebirth. Hallelujah. He he bore our health. Praise God. Uh, he bore sickness. He bore poverty, spiritual death, so that we could live. And connection to him, be born again. And he um, also did these other things, healing for us. Praise God. It's always his will. And prosperity is always his will. Salvation is always his will. Hallelujah. I had a person say to me one time, well, if you believe salvation is his will uh, or healing is his will, just go up and empty out that hospital over there, Scarlett. Just go empty it out. And I said, I'll go empty it out if you go get them all saved first. Everybody in the building, get them saved first. Then I'll go get them all healed. Amen. Because you know some people are not willing to accept the Lord yet. Praise God. We pray that they will. But they're not always open to that. And same thing with healing. Unfortunately, praise God, there's uh, some that reject. They would rather be sick. You know, I was from a family, my father's side of the family. God bless them all. Uh, they kind of took pleasure in their sickness. It was almost a badge of honor. Um, I had one <laughs> one relative mentioning no and no names, no names tonight, but <laughs> he would he would carry around his X-rays with him from when he had 
surgeries and different things and and they were little bitty enough to fit in his billfold he'd get them out at the stevenson reunion i just mentioned the name and um show them to everybody so proud of the sickness of the things that he had been through during the year and if somebody said well i've been through some surgeries too and he said not as many as i have i almost died you know it was a it was a badge for him and a lot of them were like that and so you know, you can get into that where you get a lot of attention for, you know, for sickness, et cetera. And, and I know, you know, people like attention, but I think maybe you should get attention because you got healed and have a testimony. Amen. For the Lord. And then you'll feel a lot better, too, and save a lot of money. Praise God. So uh, we can receive his healing. We can receive his prosperity. Be open to it. And I think people get in the natural realm sometime. How could this ever be for me? None of my family has been wealthy or rich. They've never had a lot. You know, we've, we've been okay. The Lord's taken care of us, but how could I ever enter into that kind of prosperity? You know, I had, didn't have formal education. Oh, you know, you should hear all the excuses and things. But, um, the, the point is the grace of God is for everybody. Whether you have a bachelor's degree or not, whether you have a master's degree or not, whether you have a doctorate degree or not, whether you're an attorney or not, whether you're a doctor or not, praise God, his grace, hallelujah, is for you and it can be upon you to prosper. Amen. And I, I don't know how he does all that, but he does it. I've seen it time and time again, not only in my life, but in a lot of people's lives and their testimony. He can make up whatever weakness with his grace in our life. Another um, definition of grace has to do with favor. Amen. And favor is an amazing thing when it operates in your life for financial blessing. Amen. And so um, these things can work together. Um, I was thinking this afternoon, I don't know why, uh, this is just a small example, but I was thinking about it uh, when I started my church in Panama City. Um, we were just small and we wanted to do uh, uh, have a booth at a festival downtown to let people know in the community that our church was there and it was, you know, ready to come and be blessed and all that so i started uh making a list of all the things that we would need for this booth because we you know we would want to attract people so um you know i said we need a banner we need uh you know tables and you know this is a small little group we have like five or six people in our church at that point small and we need water to give out free, and we need popcorn to give out free, and we need, you know, materials, tracks, you know, whatever else about our church. So uh, when I added up the cost, I thought, we won't be able to do this booth, you know. Besides, you had to pay to have a booth, at the, you know. And I thought, oh, we, can't, we can't do this. And the Lord said, do it. And I thought, how am I going to do this? I don't, you know, we don't have the money to do it. Just do it. So I thought, okay, well, so I borrowed a table from somebody, you know, borrowed a table, and then I started getting ideas. Now, see, this is a part of prosperity sometimes we ignore. We think we have to have money, and sometimes we just have to have ideas. We 
The Bible calls it wisdom. And so I thought, we have a banner on our sign in front of the church. All I have to do is take that banner off. I don't have to buy a new banner. Take that banner off and put it over the festival booth thing. So I go down there to register. I'm still walking by faith because i got to get the water and the popcorn. But I go down there to register, and the lady goes, oh, for nonprofits, we don't charge. So we didn't have to pay for the booth. Again, making steps of faith. Amen. And I'm learning right along, you know. So um, I announced it at the church. We're going to have water and popcorn. And, well, this lady came up and said, I know somebody who works at Pepsi-Cola. They, they'll donate all the water for us. Got all the water for free. Another lady in our church said, uh, we've got a popcorn machine, and I'll buy all the seeds for the popcorn machine. Got the popcorn machine. Amen. And we we just had a ball. People loved it. Um, they got, you know, it gets hot in Panama City, so giving out water was a big hit. And, of course, popcorn for the kids and everything. We got to talk to a lot of people, and we had people come to the church as a result of it. Amen? So it was a blessing, but it didn't take hardly any money at all. Amen? So sometimes you can't go by what you think is going to be the the uh, hurdle. You, you just have to look at the Lord and say, okay, you said to do it. I'm going to do it. Amen. Praise God. Um, so we're going to read on here, and then we'll bring this to a close. Um, in verse 9, I want you to uh, see it in the Amplified. For you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor. Now, I'm telling you, just about every day, I don't want to say every day, but just about every day, uh, we say we have favor on our life. We are highly favored of God and man. And it changes your attitude toward people, I think. And it definitely, um, decla- you're, de- you're declaring to the devil uh, that he cannot stop what you're doing. And that the favor of God will get you through every time. So his gracious favor that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich, abundantly blessed. Now let's skip over uh, to, um, let's skip over to Second Corinthians 9 and we're going to read this part here and then we'll close with this and maybe pick up. I have many more notes, but we'll, we'll close with this. It says, Second um, Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So again, he's put, we, we could say put the ball in our court as far as how much we want to operate in this abundance. And then also you, we could say it's your move. You know, if it's a chess game, you know, it's your move. Um, he's saying to us, it's your move. This grace is available. It is Jesus made it available, this grace to prosper. And you can operate in it as much as you desire. And simply uh, by sowing Sowing, uh, even if you sow, sow sparingly, you're going to reap something, <laughs> which is good news, you know, because some people aren't ready just to jump out there into the, you know, middle of the lake. 
by saying, well, I'm going to give my whole paycheck or I'm going to do this or that or the other. But you can start by proving the Lord. He didn't mind that. Malachi said, prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. So, you know, you can start with something small and sow it in in faith and uh just believe God for a return on that. Amen. And then um if you get to sowing and you really realize, wow, this is really cool way to live, um, then praise God, move it up to bountifully sowing. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So this sowing, notice this, this sowing is something that you purpose in your heart to do. You come up with the idea. Now, you know, that's all right with God. Amen? That you come up with the idea, I'm going to sow some seed because I believe that this is good ground, whatever is going on. And also, I'm going to believe God for a harvest. And so then, verse 8, God is able then to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. This is good news because you always know the way to receive a harvest. It's to sow a seed. <laughs> Amen. It's to sow a seed. I mean, even if, you know, the Bible says if you want a friend, show yourself friendly. You're sowing a seed to smile and be kind to somebody. Amen. Now, really, the whole world works off seed time and harvest. I'm, I'm here tonight because my dad sowed a seed. Amen. I mean, it's all about seed time and harvest and you figure that out. Uh, the, the young kids, uh, Make me laugh because of karma. I think, oh my gosh, now sowing and reaping is the biblical terms, amen. And that's the way God uh, made it. And He's a great gardener, amen. He loves gardens. He started everything in a garden. And um, sowing and reaping is what He has uh, de- determined that we could live in and always have all sufficiency in all things. Isn't that amazing? So that that tells you why there shouldn't be any lack, because he's made a system. Amen. He's made a system for us. And thank God that we can live in this system uh, cheerfully. Praise God. He is able to make all grace abound towards you that you have an all sufficiency in all things. That's a beautiful little phrase there. Always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And then it says, as is written, he is dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. And then he says, now, verse 10, he that ministereth seed to the sower, so he will give you seed. If you think you don't even have any seed, which most of the time we do. You know, I heard, I read actually, that most Americans have at least $3,000 worth of stuff in their garage that they could sell. $3,000. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? So you usually have seed. Um, you know, the woman with the two boys that were going to be sold as slaves, a widow woman and Elisha um, came to her and she talked to him. Um, he said, what do you have in your house? And she said, nothing except. <laughs> she forgot about her little pot of oil, 
for a minute. So sometimes we think we don't have any seed, but God can show us what we have. Or it says right here, he gives seed to the sower. Amen. He gives seed to the sower. So he will give you seed to sow. And then he he looks at the next sentence. He gives you bread for your food. So don't eat your seed and don't sow your bread. And you, you have to have wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Sow your seed and eat your bread. Praise God. That means live on. You're going to live uh, abundantly too. You're going to have food. You're going to have clothes. And, and Matthew 6 says that. Um, but anyway, it says uh, seed to sow and ministers bread for your food and multiplies your seed sown. Underline that. Do you believe his word? <laughs> Amen. We can stand on that. He multiplies our seed sown and increases the fruits of your righteousness. Um, that last in the Amplified says, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Praise the Lord. Um, and then uh, verse 10 in the Amplified. Now he who provides seed for the sower, bread for the food, will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness and love. Praise God. Be enriched, the Bible says in the next verse. So um, he has a way of um, even increasing the fruits of our righteousness. Now, in Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And for years, you know, we've heard, uh, I think Sister Gloria Copeland might have been the first that brought this out, at least as, as I heard it, that uh, his righteousness is, is doing and being right in his in his eyes in other words doing things his way amen when we just do things god god's way he increases the fruit of that the results of our righteousness and uh sometimes i believe in that type of giving it's when he speaks to you about doing something that you would not have thought of doing yourself and i think most of us can relate to that where he said to us I want you to give your diamond bracelet away to a pastor's wife, which he told me that uh, one time. Or I want you to give your house away, which he told me that one time. Um, or I want you to give your car away, which he ha- I have done too. Um, you know, I think it's something that we wouldn't have thought of doing, but he puts it in in our heart to do because he has something for for us for, for everybody involved just like the widow woman that we read about earlier um Elijah was fed for a year too it wasn't just the widow and her son but all of them were blessed and i think in that type of setting where god asks you to do something it's very powerful to obey him. You know, some people would say, well, I just, I'm not, you know, that's just too much. That must be me. No, you wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> you know, you obey the Lord in that because I have seen that kind of giving, um, with an immense return. Amen. And I don't know if it's the faith release to do it or the grace that's bestowed upon us to do it, 
or if it's just God saying, see, <laughs> I can do exceeding abundantly above anything that you can ask or think. I don't know, but I'm telling you, it's amazing when that's happened in our life. And, uh, you know, I have two testimonies of of a huge return on giving. One of them was when we were ministering at a particular church and the Lord said, give $10,000 to this ministry. And, you know, a very short period of time, um, a person called us and gave us uh, a church that they were through with. They were finished and retired and didn't want it, didn't want it, gave us the building property and we sold it for a million dollars. So that was one. And then another time, same kind of thing happened where we were asked to to give by the Lord, not our idea, a huge amount of money to us and around that same amount. And then another lady called us with a house in a particular beach area and donated the house to our ministry, which was another sold sold for a million dollars. So that was two million that came in because of. What we thought were the, it was the end of us. <laughs> you know, as you give a certain amount of money away, you think we don't have any money in the bank, like nothing right now. You know, how do you know how we're going to live for the next, you know, what, however long? But God supplies, and then He shows out. Amen. He shows out and does amazing things that you couldn't even believe, even though you know that he's going to do something. Amen. So be bold in your giving. Be bold in listening to the Lord. And don't be afraid when God speaks to you about something. Um, you know, listen to him. If you don't think it's God, just shelve it and pray about it. And, and you know, and if, if it's not God, it'll go away. If it is God, it'll stay with you like, you know, you need to do it. You know, you need to do it. <laughs> you know, you need to do it. When are you going to do it? That's what the Holy Ghost will just nudge you to, to obey him. Amen. Because he knows that there's a harvest coming your way. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's pray before we uh, dismiss tonight. Father, I pray since we've ministered on this grace to prosper, I pray for each one listening that they will open up their heart now to this grace and abound in this grace also, that we will be very attentive to you, Father, in sowing seed. We will be attentive to you, Lord, in what you are asking of us that maybe we hadn't even thought about. We thank you, Father, that we can put our trust in you, that we don't trust in chariots and horses. In other words, this natural realm, the circumstances, we don't trust in our jobs or in our uh, praise God for the United States, but we don't trust in our government and our uh, in our country. We trust in the Lord. We put our trust in you, Father, and we thank you that great grace is upon us all, that all sufficiency in all things is caused to come to pass in our lives because of great grace. And we thank you, Lord. We give you all the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.